Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. You're listening to the Inside Carolina radio show, sponsored by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Sherelle, Carolina gets the win against UNC Wilmington in the Smith Center on, at 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Random late time for a, a ball game such as this. I think the crowd showed uh, that it wasn't too into it, and North Carolina wasn't too into it, at least early. Sherelle, your overall thoughts before we dig deeper into it. I think you could tell they were coming off of a seven-day break. You know, the last time they played was last week against Michigan, which is a tough game. And if you read some of the things uh, that have been written, you've kind of seen some of the stuff that the UNC basketball Twitter account has tweeted out. Um, you know, they've gone back to basics. They, they practice a lot. Um, they did a lot of running. <laughs> um, and they worked on their defense. And it was weird because the first half, you really couldn't tell any of those things. The defense still – the rotation still looks slow. Um, they still were getting beaten to loose balls by UNCW. Um, so the first half was not great. Uh, at one point, I think UNCW went on a, was it 10 nothing or 9 nothing run and took the lead, and then Carolina kind of solidified things from there. But um, it was good to see them rebound in the second half and, and play some better basketball. Yeah, they certainly turned it up in the second half, I believe, at one point. Um, and I'm probably wrong, but it was a 30-3 to run or something of that nature and that's just ridiculous uh to cruise to the win you mentioned something Sherelle, and i want us to talk about it because it's definitely relevant the schedule and we talked about it on the podcast with greg and ross uh, yesterday the schedule four games in december and i think uh, and i'd heard it before but i think i heard tonight that that's the fewest december games since dean smith's first year and they didn't play 30 or 40 games way back then. And so it makes it even all the more strange. But given the fact that Carolina looked rusty in this game, having that layoff since Michigan, I'm not sure that bodes super well for the upcoming schedule. Gonzaga in 10 days, Kentucky a week after that. Just comment on how Carolina gets past that. Kobe White being back out on the floor certainly helped. but. Your thoughts there? I think the practice time will help. <clears throat> you know, that was a question I had myself was, um, is after the way that Michigan game ended, was it better for them to have a week off, you know, to have only four games over the next month so they could practice? Or was it a case where they really need to get back into the gym and, and get back to practice and kind of figure things out? And I think the answer is practice because, um, you know, that schedule that they had, they went from – the week before Thanksgiving, they had already played, I believe, four games. And then they played two games in Las Vegas, flew back, and then uh, flew to Michigan to play another game. So they were they had already uh, had a, a little tough stretch there at the beginning of the season. And it's very hard to practice on the road. It's very hard to practice when you have all the academic uh, you know, responsibilities that you have to handle. Uh, there's a limit on how much you can practice per week per NCAA guidelines. So when you add all that stuff up, they didn't have much practice time once the season actually started. Now, granted, they can start practicing at the end of September now as opposed to, you know, the second or third week in October. 
but still, you know, you lose some things when you're playing games and not able to practice that much. So I think it's good. They can kind of reset, work on some things, put some new things in. Um, it's a chance to kind of reset each week in December before you head into ACC play. So I think it's a good thing. Um, there will be some rust. I think you saw that in this game. But I, I think what Roe Williams will tell his team is, hey, you saw how it worked when we had a week off uh, against UNCW. Let's make sure that doesn't happen when, you know, when they play Gonzaga on uh, Saturday after next. Great point there. Every game's a learning experience and a, an example for Rory Williams to to use. Your thoughts on how Seventh Woods played? I, I thought um, that Carolina really wouldn't miss a beat, but I guess we saw uh, the Kobe effect in this ball game. Even though Carolina wins easily in the end, not having Kobe White out there, Carolina looked like a very very different offense, at least to me. Yeah, and I think you see now why Roy Williams decided to go with uh, Kobe White over seventh woods to start the season, um, because frankly he just gives them a higher ceiling. You know, that's no disrespect to seventh because seventh played you know pretty solid tonight and he did some things really well. But uh, Kobe's scoring ability, his ability to push tempo, is just different from uh, seventh and different from anybody else on, they have on the team. So that's why Roy Williams has been willing to kind of live through some of Kobe's mistakes. Most of the time, they're mistakes of aggression, so he likes that. Um, but I think you saw that tonight. There's just There wasn't much scoring. Even though Seventh had a couple, he had a, a jumper that he made. He had a nice little layup. Um, but the scoring was just completely different from the point guard spot between Seventh and Kobe. Those guys bring different things. And for this particular North Carolina team, I think they need uh, a point guard who can score. Yeah, seven points, three assists, two steals. Three turnovers from Seventh Woods in his first career start, which is right. You would you would say it's solid. You you wouldn't say, you know, Seventh came out and played really well. He was solid, and that's kind of what you want in a backup point guard. Kobe just has that that next thing, that next level that he can take it to that that Seventh doesn't. And I think that's again, that's why you know he he gets to start, and that's why he plays more minutes. And let's be honest, Roy Williams's offense needs that point guard to be able to put up numbers and solid is good solid's not good enough for Roy Williams offense you think yeah yeah completely and we've seen already this season that at points uh the team has had to rely on Kobe to to kind of be the main scorer in addition to to doing some of the facilitating um so you know I don't think people should should sleep North Carolina put up almost 100 points without Kobe White that's even if it was UNCW um, you know, they're struggling right now. They're still trying to get some more talent into the program. Um, but 97 points without Kobe White shows you kind of the depth of North Carolina, and it shows you um, how prolific it can be offensively. Indeed. Cam Johnson leads the way with 21. Nasir Little with 14 off the bench. Garrison Books still struggling a little bit. Sterling Manley uh, finishes with 8 and 10. He got a lot of those in the second half. Your thoughts on the play from the post? Uh, I mean, this is something that we've talked about um, ad nauseum on these shows with folks, at least message board folks and other folks clamoring for Nas Little to start. Well, for him to start, Garrison's going to have to sit, and Sterling Manley um, hasn't offered any reason to believe he should be in the starting role. So your thoughts on the small lineup sooner or later in your mind? Yeah, I think it happens before the end of the month, just because, you know, Dewey's talked about it on podcasts. When 
you throw the ball into the post and, and the guys aren't able to really uh, do anything as far as, you know, scoring points, everything's coming off of offensive rebounds and, and dishes, you know, that limits what North Carolina can do offensively. It hurts spacing, it, you know, it just, it hurts a lot of things. So I, I think it's coming. And again, it's not to say that Garrison is a bad player or anything. It's just the same thing um, that you see with Kobe White in seventh, just the ceiling is so much higher with Nasir um, playing with Luke and playing with Cam than it is with Garrison and those guys. Garrison is very solid, but Nasir has that thing that can take North Carolina to the next level. So, I, you know, they only play three more times between now and the beginning of, uh, of the year. But I think we'll see it at some point. Even if it's not in the starting lineup, it will, I think we'll see it become the predominant lineup. Your thoughts, Ross mentioned in the podcast yesterday, maybe um, how Brooks would take that if, if, the, if it was a starting lineup change. Um, your thoughts there. I mean, that, that is a delicate, I think a delicate issue that Roy Williams has to deal with. But your thoughts on whether, you know, how important, well, let me phrase it by this way. We've talked about Nasir, and it's not that big a deal that he's not starting to him. Um, at least outwardly, everything they said, everything his father said, they've all said it's it's not that big a deal. But your thoughts on how if Rory Williams made that change, that maybe it would affect a guy like Garrison Brooks? Well, you know, everybody wants to start. And unfortunately, when you have 13 scholarships, you only have five people who can start. So there's always going to be people coming off the bench who have to accept their role. Um, you know, I can think of countless examples of people in North Carolina who really thought they should be starting who came off the bench and actually was a benefit for them. Um, and I think for Garrison, it, it would be the same thing. I think he would take it fine. By all indications, he's not someone – he's not a diva. He's not someone uh, who has to get a certain amount of touches. Just even the way he plays now shows you that he's very unselfish because he doesn't require paint touches. He doesn't require a certain number of shots. Most of his work is done – rebounding, you know, trying to block shots, setting screens, uh, getting putbacks, finishing, you know, passes from guards, those kind of things. So I think just the way he plays tells you that it wouldn't be a huge issue. Now, obviously, like I said, he doesn't want to come off the bench, but, you know, he wants to do whatever helps the team win. I want to go in a different route on this podcast, but let me talk about Hills Travel real, real quick. Now, we we do these uh, – advertisements for our sponsors more in depth in the longer podcast and since this is an instant analysis one we'll keep this one short but hills travel still pushing that trip for inside carolina podcast listeners to chicago on december 22nd to see kentucky and carolina in the cbs sports classic so call 336-855-0060 to book your trip or go to hillstravel.com get you that round trip airfare rdu to chicago transportation to and from the airport Stay at the Omni. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Christmas in Chicago, very cool, very cold, uh, but it's a beautiful place to be, beautiful place to shop. And then don't forget about Jersey Mike subs. Use the code HEELS15 to get 15% off that online order. JerseyMikes.com front slash order. There's Chapel Hill, Hillsborough, and Chatham County locations. Look, they look after the Inside Carolina podcast, so they'll look after you as well. So let's look after them. Support Hills Travel, support Jersey Mike Subs, Chapel Hill. Sherelle, uh, on the recruiting front, two big names in, in the Smith Center tonight. And, and it caught my eye because it's a Wednesday at 9 o'clock on ch- during the week. Cole Anthony and Isaiah Todd in the building. Your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, Todd is a little less uh, surprising since he, you know, he's in Raleigh now. So it's a short drive over. He can, he'll be home. You know, he's probably home now, to be honest. <laughs> we're recording this 30 minutes after the game. Um, but, you know, seeing Cole Anthony there, like I said, it was a surprise. But I think it's a good thing for North Carolina. This is his third uh, trip there. I think there's no other school he's taken three trips to um, since he started, you know, going on recruiting visits. He was at UNC in August for an official visit. Then he was back in September for an official visit with Armando Baycott and then uh, back there today. So I do think it says something that he was willing to drive down from Oak Hill, which is, uh, for people who don't know, is in Mouth of Wilson, Virginia, which is kind of in the, uh, I would call it southwestern part of Virginia. Um, Not far, probably an hour from Boone. Um, So it's not an easy drive, especially at night, going through those back roads and the mountains and everything. Um, so I think it bodes well for, for UNC that they were able to get him back on campus, uh, let him experience a game environment, because when he was there before, he was there for the NBA game between the uh, Hornets and the Celtics. So he had never been to an actual UNC basketball game. Uh, I think they would have liked it if Kobe White was able to play. So he had to kind of seen, you know, um, the freedom that White has on offense for UNC. But, you know, getting him on campus is, is a big deal. And, uh, you know, this is the number one guard or number two guard in the country. So um, it's a big deal. So let me ask you something, and, and we've talked about it before, but I want you to speak to it again because I, I think the inside call and the message board people need to understand it. They talk about Nasir needs to start. The recruits don't want to come play uh, for Roy Williams because Nasir doesn't start. He doesn't play a ton of minutes. And then everybody says, look at Cubby White, man. He's a freshman too. And that's Cole Anthony's position. And while Kobe didn't play tonight, um, he's certainly seen Kobe on the television doing his thing. Speak to that aspect of this whole recruiting these top-level guys, um, the the white and little effect. And Leaky Black's gotten some decent run, but especially Kobe and and Nasir, their roles for Carolina and how that affects what these high-level prospects may think. Yeah, I think the main thing for those type of players is that the coaching staffs of wherever they choose can show them a plan of how they're going to use them. So for example, with Kobe white, I think Roy Williams pitch was you're going to be a point guard. You're going to push the ball floor. You're going to have freedom to shoot. um, And you're going to make, you know, this, this car go, you're the engine for this car. I think with Nasir, it was, you can come in, you can be a wing, but you can also play some four as well and create mismatches. Now that hasn't exactly come to fruition just yet. I think it will. Um, but it hasn't yet. But that's that's kind of what a lot of these guys are looking for is a plan um, of attack for how they're going to be used in whatever system they're they're in. And, you know, all the systems are different. They all have their little nuances and, and idiosyncrasies. But I think uh, for North Carolina, for Roy Williams, um, he does a, a, a pretty good job of kind of selling um, to the recruits of what he sees them um, being. Now, sometimes with freshmen at Carolina, it can take a little bit longer. But I think they most of the time eventually get there. Let me ask you the old saying, if you could play, they'll find you. Does that still apply to college basketball? I know it does um, in, in terms of maybe lesser lesser rep guys going to smaller schools because everybody's on TV now, scouts are everywhere. But does that, if you can play, they will find you no matter whether you go to Duke or Kentucky or Carolina or wherever. Does that still apply? Oh, definitely. I think there's less, 
I think that's one of the reasons that the schools, um, I'm going to say their recruiting has changed, but it, they definitely have to be more active than they used to. Um, it used to be that if you were a Carolina, Kentucky, or Duke, or any of these you know, blue blood schools, Kansas, uh, top flight schools like Arizona, Michigan State, you could come into a recruitment, uh, say, August of a player's senior year, um, jump in and say, hey, we're X school, we have this tradition, we put this many guys in the NBA, and you need to come here, and they would win the recruitment. Now, that still happens sometimes. Uh, Brandon Robinson is one for Carolina, uh, where it happened, where they uh, jumped in and beat out Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Georgia, and a few other schools. But at the same time, uh, the players say, well, if I'm going to only be in college for one year, or I think I'm a one and done, which virtually every top 50 to 75 player thinks they're one and done, then I can go to Oklahoma State, or I can go to Baylor, or I can go to Georgia Tech. I can get my shots, I can get my minutes, and then I'm out. So there is some competition now that didn't used to be there from you know the, the Blue Bloods. They used to compete against each other, and now they compete against Washington and uh, you know Gonzaga to some degree, USC. They compete against some of these non-traditional powers because everybody's on TV. Um, everybody can give you exposure. Um, everybody, once you get to the NCAA tournament, is seen by the same people, and all the games are on TV as well. So it has leveled the leveled the playing field some. I think. Last thing before I let you go, and we get this up for our listeners: what's going on on the recruiting front? Uh, the the coverage that you'll provide for Inside Carolina Premium folks. I know you were have been busy. What's coming up here? I know Christmas tournaments are going to fire up here not too long. Off, but what's up over the next few weeks for Inside Carolina and Sherelle McMillan? Yeah, so there's a few tournaments. We were just at one in uh, Fort Mill, South Carolina this past weekend, and Cole Anthony was actually there along with uh, Armando Baycott. Uh, so we got to see them play. Uh, Cole will be back in Columbia with Oak Hill uh, this coming weekend. They're at the Bojangles Bass, which is a big tournament down in Columbia, South Carolina every year. And then uh, there's the City of Palms Classic in Florida, Always a big deal. Um, Coach Williams is there pretty much every year, so I'm sure he'll be there this year as well. Uh, there's the John Wall Invitational in Raleigh, which it, you know is Glaxo. Um, there, Dayron Sharp, 2020 UNC commit, will be there along with some other players. Uh, there's the Chick-fil-A tournament in Columbia after Christmas. There'll be a couple of UNC targets there. And then there's a new event in Charlotte this year uh, during Christmas that will have uh, some UNC players also. So it's a lot of tournaments over the next three or four weeks, and a lot of them are local. So uh, we'll have a, a breakdown on the premium message board in the coming weeks so people will know where they can check out some of the uh, UNT targets. Indeed. If you want to go see these guys play before they get to college, listen to Sherelle, check out that breakdown. There will be, uh, like Sherelle mentioned, quite a few opportunities to see them. Uh, Glaxo, John Wall, Broughton Holiday Invitational, whatever you want to call it. It's always a fun team. time. Yeah, it's <laughs> always uh, can go on for days about memories going to that tournament and probably check it out again this year. So, Sherelle, I appreciate you joining me. Carolina wins by 28 against UNC Wilmington. Tar Heels moved to 7-2. and two. They've got 10 days off until Gonzaga comes to town on December the 15th. That should be a big one. Sherelle, as always, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Tommy. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. 
Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. 